0: hello hello what's happening <laughs> I'm just enjoying some uh rare melbourne sunshine
1: i know uh, like yeah it's beautiful i took advantage of it went went for a walk earlier this
0: morning and that's uh, it's pretty nice um,
1: it is i don't
0: quite know what to do with it
1: i know we just need to be appreciative it's there
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, yeah definitely thankful
1: yeah uh ben uh, thank you so much for coming um i really Share your time, and uh, I know you're a busy man behind the scenes and even in front of scenes, and, yeah, thanks for that. And, uh, how's, how's you and your family doing during these interesting times?
0: Yeah, we're doing pretty well, thanks. Um, you know, definitely going a little stir-crazy occasionally in the, in the small apartment uh, contained there 24-7, so the uh, one hour a day of uh, release time out in the wide world is, uh, is definitely appreciated. But yeah, look, we're we're going okay. You know, it's crazy times for everyone. So definitely, ups and downs. You know, like uh, there's there's good weeks and then there's other weeks where you're just kind of like questioning what happened. But uh, thankfully, all family and friends are all uh, all good. So
1: good. That's good to hear. And look, I think it's uh, these times make you really appreciate what you have. and uh, yeah. You know, it goes from simply you know a roof or uh, having a job, or still having a job, or even living Definitely. in a country like Australia, where you know there's still some subsidies and all of that. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad glad to hear that you're doing well. And uh, just just to get the ball rolling, Um, and yeah, I mean, here we go. Some compliments towards your way. He is an amazing <laughs> guy, indeed. Um, could you kindly tell us a bit more uh, about how you started your coffee journey?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty classic pathway, I think. A lot of people, like I'm sure, uh, yeah, that, that dial in are going to be along a similar, similar path. Um, you know, I was going through university. I, I grew up on the west coast of Australia, so I was going through university in Perth, and uh, just decided I needed a little bit of extra, extra money to kind of pay the bills and and kind of get my way through uni. And uh, cafes looked like a super fun environment to work in. I'd never kind of really, yeah, I hadn't, hadn't really worked in them much before or, or worked in hospitality really much before, but um, decided that that was, that looked like a good place to try and earn a few extra bucks. So I applied for a Gloria Jeans store, one of the busiest ones actually in, uh, in Perth and, uh, and got that. And that was a really great experience. Um, yeah, I had I kind of worked at a couple of Glory Jean stores for a, for a few years, and um, and yeah, got got some really great experience for taking someone who knows absolutely nothing about making coffee or working in a hospitality environment through to uh, through to being able to operate a machine and deal with customers. It was uh, it was pretty good. So did that for a few years and uh, got more and more into the coffee side of things. And I was kind of spending my spare time back then, you know, doing a few little experiments in the cafe um, and and kind of reading a lot online. And so this was kind of early 2000s. And mm-hmm. um, and so there was a coffeegeek.com and Coffee uh, were two of the big Uh, kind of online forums back in the days, you know, real (laughs) chat forums. They were the hot thing. I feel like now I'm showing my age. (laughs) That's that's good. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, look, I was spending a lot of time just talking with a lot of other coffee-passionate people all around the world on these forums as they were trying to experiment with, you know, grinders and equipment and coffee and learning from each other. And then I'd come back into work and try and find how to incorporate all of that. And obviously, you know, a franchise has got particular limitations about what you can change. Um, and I found one top place in Perth that kept being mentioned is if you're into coffee, you've got to go there. And it was a little espresso bar called Core Espresso. And uh, so I went down there one week and ended up just hanging out there as a customer, you know, half of my week just over the bar, kind of tasting things, talking, and eventually they're like, all right, ha- have a job, have a job. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so I kind of got into, that was my dive into specialty coffee and they were using Five Senses Coffee uh, over there, who is, the, who is the roastery that I work for now. And um, that was my first experience with freshly roasted coffee uh, and, and well-made, you know, they were, they were rocking out a, a Lamazocco Linear, Um, the kind of classic and then uh, they actually had the Lamazocco Swift grinders which uh, I don't know if you've kind of played around with them but they've actually obviously just recently released the latest iteration of that but um, super fresh grind, super fresh roasted uh, and yeah, definitely started me along the path of of quality coffee.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean... I think I think often when we speak about commercial, and I was having this conversation with uh, Andre Andre Ehrman, and uh, we're talking about. I think there's so many pros and cons. Uh, you know, there's actually some a few pros, which is you know the structure and they teach you, and there's some sort you know like the work ethics and the flow. And I think yeah. we tend to demonize that. but Ultimately, you know, it's, it's still there's still things that we can learn from that side, whether it's... HR or career development sure. or a whole bunch of things. Uh, so then what what was sort of your next move? Now you kind of touching, you know, your 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 you know you're,
0: your face, testing the waters. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, so I uh, after working at, at Core Espresso for a while, which was a, a very small espresso bar, it was actually a foyer espresso bar in the Perth C B D. Um and we had two espresso machines, two Swifts, and we were kind of cranking out coffees. Um, but uh, I, I kind of really wanted to try out the competition side of things uh, as as a lot of people are like, oh, what, what is that? What is that? And this is pretty early uh, back in the days. I feel like it's kind of 2004, 2005. So I've been in, in kind of coffee for, for a fair while now. But... Um, yeah i decided i wanted to get into competitions and because uh five senses was working with the the cafe i was like i i kind of said to them all right hey guys i'm I'm keen to do this um can you give me some help and this is all i know about competitions um and so we we did a little bit of training but no one had ever seen a competition before um and all we could find online obviously there's no YouTube video recordings of, of the World Barista Champs back in those days, it was kind of pretty early on, was the score sheet. Um, no rules and regulations. We just found the score sheet. Uh, and so <laughs> I prepared everything on how we were going to do this and I, I got all of my answers ready for the potential questions that a, that a judge might ask me. And then I flew to Sydney to compete. It was actually one of the early Danes barista championships there, in-house competitions that they ran. I flew to Sydney and very quickly found out that the judges, certainly back in those days, uh, didn't ask you any questions. They were stone, <laughs> stone-faced, uh, super serious judges. And, um, and it was all up to you to have a speech prepared, which I did not have prepared. So I, uh, I proceeded to speak for about... 16 and a half minutes flat out non um, and definitely crashed and burned, which was a, a great experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I had some experience with competition then, which was kind of fun and, and definitely opened my eyes, but, um, I kind of got to the point of finishing my university degree. Um, which I really enjoyed, but uh, at the same time as I was finishing that I got offered a, an opportunity with five senses to open a training school in Perth so a coffee training school so it was kind of with myself and the crew from core espresso and five senses um, and that was kind of uh, the idea was to, to bring some more coffee knowledge and education to to people to support this kind of burgeoning you know, third wave.
1: and what what yeah and what what degree did you did you get like what what did you study?
0: Uh, I studied film and multimedia. So I kind of, yeah, uh, went, pursued down that path and then went in a completely different direction with coffee.
1: <laughs> and, 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 you know, like Because I think, like, like you say, it's quite a common story, but I think, mm. I don't know why this day and age, obviously depending on culture and financial situations of people, but it's quite difficult to go and say, stuff you mom and dad or you know grandpa or whatever I'm, um, you know i'm dropping out of school and i'm going to sure. become a barista even though now it can be seen as cool it's still not considered a career path and yet in coffee there's there might not be the trillions of dollars in you know compared to i don't know ai or you know the technological world but there's still career path for any type of jobs you don't need to be just sure. you know a barista what, what sort of words would you have or how was your transition uh, for those people out there looking to start to be, hey, you know what, I'm done with the forums, I'm done with the blogs, I just actually want to go for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is building up real experience as well. You know, that, that getting some time, you know, a lot of people talk about getting time just behind the machine and understanding that flow. I mean, a lot of it, I think, does depend on where you want to end up, if you have an idea of where you want to end up. And I know you've talked a lot about in the past, of there's, there's obviously such a wide variety of coffee-related careers out there. It's not just barista or cafe owner, or roaster, importer, you know, or all of the associated media world around it, obviously. So there's a lot, a lot of different options and where do you want to go kind of maps out what experience would be good to get under the belt. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, look, get, getting getting coffee experience in a cafe is is I think just a it's an invaluable education in a whole range of different uh, skills and perspectives, and and ultimately, you know, it's been super helpful for me. I'm not you know behind the bar at all anymore, but that experience of what is required from baristas and cafe owners in order to successfully execute the end of this entire value chain um, and talk with the customer, um, it really definitely informs kind of all of what I do now. And I also,
1: I think for people in general, it gives you that structure and it gives you those foundations about people's skills. Uh, Cause often we, you know, yep. sure the recipe is cool, the latte art is cool, but I think ultimately, Everyone should start from a cafe experience, where it's washing dishes or being on the floor, just to sort of understand. Because if you don't like people, yeah, yeah you can become a roaster. I give you that. But yeah. still, you you wouldn't be able to enjoy the, the full experience of you know of coffee because it's just made out of people.
0: Actually. I'm sure some roasters enjoy people as well. You know. But... Sure...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember at Tobi's once I was uh you know they made us do a little you know, induction and I was, you know, roasting with one of the roasters on just a little five kilo. I mean, so little, but it's little for, for, for their roastering. And after a while, I looked at Josh and was like, okay, so what now? It's like, we're here. We just wait. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I couldn't go this for eight hours. So we need roasters yeah. for
0: sure. It's um, definitely a different pace.
1: Yes, and just for some context, what what what's your day to day, and what do you do for Five Senses, and what and what do you love the most out of the role? Because seems like you enjoy yeah. it. The
0: the day to day question is, uh, it's a difficult one to answer. I wear lots of different hats, um, <laughs> so, and and obviously for just like with everyone else, uh, our lives and our day to day has been pretty turned on its head in the past, you know, six six to eight months. So. Um, what I was going to be doing is very different to what I'm currently doing. Um, but look, I, I kind of, I guess I handle um, a lot of our brand communication. And so the, the, the conversation out from marketing and, and what we talk about with our coffees and kind of that connective tissue between the coffee team, the coffee department um, and our kind of account managers and the crew who look after our wholesale customers and and domestic and online. Um, so I tend to focus a lot on our events and our kind of bigger coffee projects as they were. So when mice is on, that's kind of my baby. Um, if we do pop-ups or other events, that's kind of what I do. And then, so yeah, day to day, it's really mixed. It's everything from, you know, helping introduce new coffee products. Um, like we're just bringing out the peak water jug, um, from Maxwell, Colin and Dashwood. So kind of like getting that all set up and understanding how it's slotting into our system. It's a bit of writing, a little bit of kind of strategy, a little bit of systems. It's kind of, it's a range of different things that I do. But pre- Yeah. Predominantly I'm kind of, I guess I'm in our, our I'm the, the coffee person within our senior management team. So kind of I help direct the coffee parts <laughs> through all the business. Very, very
1: A lot That's of stuff. Good. That's good. A lot of stuff. And look, as long as it involves a little bit of Adrian here and there, it's good. A big shout out That's to something. Adrian. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, miss, I miss him. Um, you sort of, you sort of, <laughs> um, you actually hinted a word before specialty. Um, and specialty has become such a tricky word. Um, in your words, what do you think about the Melbourne coffee scene in particular? Pre COVID, let's say.
0: Pre COVID. Uh well I mean I guess in terms of uh your question about what is specialty there's been a lot of debate over the past you know few years in particular around it um I mean I think the Melbourne coffee scene is is pretty incredible um we we as as is actually a lot of the Australian coffee scene um and we are in a definitely in a bubble of you know in the sense of our own kind of consideration of ourselves but also in terms of uh, how lucky we are as well. I think we kind of tend to get a little bit, you know, hoppy. when I talk with some of my friends overseas who are working coffee companies or or cafes, um, I was just talking with uh, James Hennebury who runs Roslyn. He owns Roslyn Coffee in London um, and he used to work for us here in Melbourne. Um, but he's opened that cafe and just talking with him and, and you know, he was reflecting on, just how lucky we actually are in Australia to have so many great quality cafes and we're kind of a little spoiled for choice. Um, but certainly that, that doesn't come without its challenges. When you talk about things like specialty and just it as a word or as a movement or however you want to talk about it, that there's definitely specialty coffee has become so popularized that um, people are, jumping on that bandwagon to, you know, it looks like specialty coffee, but maybe the experience that we don't have isn't quite there. Um, But I think that that's, that's kind of, that's just this part of the journey of that, you know? Yeah.
1: And I think I'm going to go a little bit unorthodox here, a bit. I also think that COVID may have awakened us or it could be a good wake up call because for instance, if there's one thing that Sydney has been dominating um, across the years is their takeaway trade, right? So Mm. their takeaway is just, they got the system, you know, like it's such a strong takeaway hub. And I think that they under, you know, Melbourne has found itself in a position where there were some shops that were used to a little bit of takeaway. I mean, of course it's CBD, but in the suburbs, there's a bit of suffering when it comes to the people who have less of a system when it comes to takeaway or, you know, whether it's your online ordering or your e-commerce set up. Um, mm-hmm. How important is for you uh, in general, but obviously, you, you know, you look after five senses, uh, let's call it wholesale partners. How important is for coffee shops to sort of be trained, not just about coffee, but also to have a good understanding on, the fact that, yeah, it's a competitive market and you need to be prepared to kind of times like this too. Right?
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's critical. Obviously, times like this are uh, hopefully not that frequent and what people need to do with these kinds of situations is pretty unique. But I think, you know, it, it does really come back down to this situation If people, if consumers and coffee lovers are kind of being more selective about where they spend their money and where they want to go out for a coffee, it's really, really going to start putting the pressure and honing in on the, on the key kind of experience there, which is, yes, part of it is definitely the coffee and the coffee quality, um, but part of it is definitely the service quality and the relationship um, and the value that you're kind of adding as a, as a hospitality professional on top of purely the cup of coffee. So I think that's really drawn a, a lot of focus in as people kind of are becoming more and more community-minded. Hopefully that'll continue um, past COVID.
1: Absolutely, and, and I think I think because I've seen a, a good friend of mine he just uh, purchased a cafe um, literally a month ago, so in the midst of it. And uh, yeah, but he you know he's from Sydney and he's done this at least twelve times before this, and he's actually doing super well. Um, I think that there's an element for it. I think. Often we romanticize the idea of opening a coffee shop where we're talking about it, but there's, unfortunately there is a cold-hearted spreadsheet that no one wants to talk about. There is, uh, it's still a business and it's still quite a risky business in Melbourne. I think 2018 statistics was, you know, what was it? Uh, Out of 10, only four coffee shops would survive in the first 12 months. And uh, out of the four surviving, only two will make it to, f- uh, to the following 12 months. That was oh, 2018. Yeah. That's a survival rate of 20%. It's, it's, so I think it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, mm. what, what, what do you think that drove the this aspect of romanticizing the idea of like, ah, you know what, well, I'm going to open a coffee shop. I think it's going to be okay, you know. I've done yeah. smashed avocados at home for you know, myself or the kids (laughs) or whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think it's, uh, I think it has changed a little bit in the past few, you know, few years because I, I would have used to say that the the barrier to opening a cafe is really low, you know, generally, or the barrier for people getting into hospitality was relatively low. Um, and so, you saw the transition, you know, you'd often hear about and, and meet people who are like, yep, yeah, no, I've had no hospitality experience. I'm a, I'm a retired accountant and I want to do this because it sounds really nice and I love going to cafes. Um, so, there was one story there. And then on, an, on another level, kind of like to your point about romanticizing it, if you're a coffee professional and you've been a barista and you know, you know, you know all about extraction ratio, you know, ratio brewing ratios, extraction levels, uh, you know, all about equipment and flavor. Um, and then you're like, cool, so I'm going to open a cafe. And as you said, there's that whole other aspect to that conversation, which is about the business management, um, about the people management, about the money management that um, maybe people don't have experience with. So I think, kind of back to your other question about what advice I'd have for people who want to take that dive is, is definitely about getting experience in the areas that you know you'll need to, kind of you know you'll need support on. And sometimes that's actually not the coffee area. That might be the area that you're the most experienced in, um, but what you really need is accounting or or uh, or marketing kind of experience, um, in, and, or people management experience. Because obviously, unless you're running a small espresso bar. You know, by yourself or with a couple of people, you've got a team, and you've got to, you know, know how to manage them well. So, yeah, I think that yeah. the 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 barrier to entry is a lot more challenging now, as our expectations or the consumer expectations and the 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 level of of standard has been, you know, has risen a lot. So it's like yeah. what the fit out costs are and the equipment and full kitchens and everything else, I think that starts going, hey, if you're going to jump in, it's kind of saying, well, you're, you're pretty committed, you've raised a, a fair bit of capital to get this going.
1: Yeah, and, and which you raised, well, three points uh, in, in that sentence. I mean, first, I think that the quality is going to have to be even more important now even with coffee because people have been brewing at home, they've been stuffing up they've been making horrible coffee and start looking up how to make it better and they are making it better so now they're mm-hmm. going to start i think preferring certain places over others yeah um the other side is a uh, capital i think look i think if you got deep pockets then yes you can also you know you can have the big kitchen if you don't know how to cook you can have a bigger space if you even if you don't know how to manage people, if you hire the right people with the right salary, but it's big pockets, not the mm. big pockets, like yeah. like a volcano yeah. crater pockets. <laughs> Otherwise, I think it's always been fascinating, you know, talking to people, consulting, or when people would show me um, you know, different options for leases, you know, shops and everybody was showing me the big shops, and I would ask, Do you know how to cook? And they're like Nope, but I know how to make coffee. I'm like, okay, why do you need this yeah. gigantic kitchen? Like, it's it's a, it's a big gamble because then staff is one of the major components of a coffee shop and one of the major challenges. And if your chef doesn't rock up on I don't know January first on your you know mm-hmm. one of the craziest possible days or Mother's Day or whatever, what are you gonna do?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: if you don't know how to cook and. I think, yeah, that's a, that's interesting. Um, and, and, and like you said, third point, I think the overall experience, people have certain expectations, 100%.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that there's – that's actually probably where the room is for people to explore more is what those experiences are. And Yes, you can have the, the you know, 100-seater cafe fully, fully fleshed out and, and big investment, um, but to the same extent, you know, smaller neighbourhood places and, and places that have just got great service and great connection with their local community um, can still be really successful and, and have a great following. And, in fact, I think, you know, in Melbourne with the CBD closed down and people kind of sticking to their five-kilometre radius, um, they're really finding that, you know, suburban cafes are, are actually, you know, really flourishing.
1: Uh, yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah. And I think also today, like, it's very interesting. I think that what what I'm seeing, I'm not sure where you are, but I also love to see those cafe owners that for many years, they were like, no, nah, I've done this for 15 years. I know my stuff. I don't need to change anything. And all of a sudden yeah. they start having the single origin offering or the little retail shelf, which is good, cool, which is good. And I'm also curious actually to see what, is the next person bringing in to the table of new? Because at the end of the day, you know, the next shop that's going to be opening 2021, there's going to be, I think, a need for something fresher and, you know, uh, a fresh outlook. I know that we all say, oh, well, but what you're going to do? Well, but then people have been doing it for the past 10 years. You can, you know, you can really see, you have seen since 2004 or 2000, early 2000s, You've seen the evolution yeah. of coffee from Perth to Melbourne to Sydney, um, yeah um, interesting, speaking of two thousand and four <laughs> uh, the one video that was probably available was the team Wendell-Bow, uh finals uh, a gem <laughs> of a video to see actually how it's changed in yeah. the whole competition anyway work yeah.
0: huge huge changes to the competition
1: yeah um, and um yeah, we kind of reached the halfway mark, and we got a ritual question, <laughs> the out of the box question, which maybe you'd be ready for it. But um, if you could, uh, who would you like to have dinner with? And it can be anyone; doesn't have to be coffee. Whoever you want.
0: Uh, who would I like to have dinner with?
1: And I'm not sure if you muted your microphone, but or maybe Ooh, it's a. Can you hear arm. me now? A little bit. I'll I'll crank the volume up.
0: Okay. You got me now? I got you. Okay. Uh, Who would I like to have dinner with? You know, I would love to have dinner with Anthony Bourdain if that was possible. Unfortunately, never possible. But uh, yeah, I think that would be a really interesting... um, Yeah, I just love that experience. You know, he was, uh, someone that, yeah, definitely I had a big appreciation for, um, for a long time. And I think a lot of the way that he talked about food and people and cultures was in a very similar vein to how I kind of feel about what attracts me to coffee and that kind of conversation. And obviously, can you imagine having dinner with him? That'd be, you know, you'd have this huge feast, it would probably get a little rowdy and, uh, yeah. You'd have a lot of fun though. And, but I think, yeah, there was a, there was definitely a kind of a, I don't know, a, a humility and, and a love for people about him that um, I'd love to, yeah, just hear more about. So that, I think that's who I would, who I'd enjoy sure. uh, having dinner with.
1: You were prepared. Um, ju- I'm just trying to figure out if it's my side or your side. Um,
0: oh, the audio, uh, a little, little sketchy still. Yeah,
1: maybe I'm not sure okay. if it's coming from the microphone of your phone or your headset. That's my how, suggestion. How about I'll
0: take I'll take my headset off and we'll see. How's that?
1: Uh, it's similar, but maybe it's my phone because some reason when I get off, maybe anyway we'll, we'll figure. I can still hear <laughs> you; I just need to be closer to you. Um okay. Okay. If everybody else can hear you, then it's just me. Um, yeah, I think yeah, Anthony Bourdain would have been an interesting. Yeah, an interesting dinner for sure. But you were ready yeah. for that question. Um
0: I was, yeah. You, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Nobody are, <laughs> which is good. Um So anyway, we, we sort of spoke about Melbourne and, you know, kind of what it takes to open a cafe and these many aspects. Um, yeah. Well, if Andrew can hear us, then it's just me on, on my side. That's good. Okay. Um, good to hear. Thanks, Andrew, for the feedback. <laughs> um So... Now I kind of want to talk a bit more about the, the people um, behind coffee. I think that, you know, coffee is excellent and everything. And, there's, you know, Melbourne, we've done such a good job about, uh, you know, bringing the coffee right up here. You know, the the out yep. for coffee and the coffee experience. I think that we might have the next step to bring more awareness towards the many people behind coffee because it's not just about enjoying our coffee tour because we have coffee tour for people who don't know, but Melbourne is actually coffee tour where, you know, they take you to all the yep. cool coffee shops. Um, but I think that we have probably a responsibility to sort of now go, okay, people know that we got good coffee, a good coffee experience in Australia wide. I think would you say it would be fair to say that maybe it's time to kind of narrow down on, hey, without, you know, this person and this person and this person, you couldn't drink what you're drinking every single day twice.
0: Yeah. Like are you talking in terms of the rest of the people involved in producing coffee? Yeah, especially that huge, from origin. that 100%. huge, uh, <laughs> that huge yeah. population who yeah. I mean, yeah, look, definitely that's that's that is the one of the big defining challenges of the coffee world and certainly the specialty coffee world in particular um you know obviously i'm pretty passionate about specialty coffee so that's kind of where my my uh my focus kind of lies originally but yeah certainly us collectively working towards a kind of a sustainable future that where coffee production is actually a worthwhile uh, <laughs> endeavor for everyone involved um is something that we've all got to work towards. And that, that, that definitely comes home to roost in the customer experiences here in Australia, you know. And when you talk about uh, the opportunity for cafes in 2020 and 2021 and, and beyond, it really is about how, I mean, it's an opportunity and it's a challenge of how we increase the value uh, for consumers and how we support that kind of broader movement you know, in terms of yeah. Like, getting, yeah. I think, I think,
1: yeah, I think uh, I like the word that you use. I think it's also an opportunity, uh, you know, going back to what you're going to do differently. Um, because I think, ooh, I was trying to gauge with people today. I went for a bigger walk than usual. Um, and I was trying, even at calls, I've always tried to look at people Trying, I'm fascinated by people, you know, I'm trying to figure out where, <laughs> mannerism is going out the window because people justify being a little bit ruder because they you know they they feel entitled to so because they're grumpy about the whole situation or they are lazy about saying thank you and please and i wonder with the coffee shop scene how that is going to pan out because i think that some people are craving the connection with humans and i think if we could give a provide an experience where we not only connect one-on-one but also connect you to the many faces behind that cup of coffee, it could be a much more, uh, what's the word, um, wholesome experience perhaps.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, this is an increasing trend for consumers and all of us with, with beyond just coffee is where does our product come from? Where does our produce come from? You know, how is it? How was it made and uh and what were the costs that aren 't just the dollar figure? you know what were the environmental what were the social costs around it and um, yeah, I think there 's a lot of people that are increasingly kind of wanting to know about that, and I think we need to keep having that conversation within coffee for sure um, because i don 't think that the connection it 's kind of hard it 's hard to uh hard to demonstrate if you think about it in cafes in Melbourne and you've got kind of two general experiences with, with consuming coffee You're either grab a cup and you're going um, or you sit down and you have table service. And I think even in the leading cafes of kind of, of Australia, the conversation around the coffee and our opportunity to create greater value there is just not happening in a lot of cases, you know, you're like, yeah, I'll have that coffee and you get just a cup put in front of you. Um, maybe you get some added information that's plonked in front of you as well, which is which is definitely a a, a benefit. But in terms of kind of going, hey, this is an exceptional producer, they're doing some really interesting things and they, this is why it's going to taste like this. Even just to anchor that idea that the cup of coffee has got people and humans and a life kind of behind it is um, I think that's what what we really need to all kind of focus on doing.
1: And would you say because we, we, you know what you said is obviously we got limits, you know if someone is in and out, you know there is the you know tasting card or the information, and you know maybe people are just scrolling through their i don 't know uh, Twitter feed or whatever they, they're looking for, yeah. um, or they just focus on something else and we go back to the usual argument, which is you can really connect with that person who wants to connect and talk about coffee and, you know, recipes and, you know, because those are the people that you really can go double down because they, they, they're willing to, they're open to rather than forced onto. But would you, would you say that maybe this COVID has taught us all the fact that we had this for the past five years was on, you know, for the past (laughs) seven years, we could have done this (laughs) every single day, multiple times a day. Um, Maybe sort of, you know where is possible or you know i'm just playing here that was advocate but whether is you know whether it's a farmer that has the luxury of the internet connection and have a a zoom or i mean i know that zoom is not safe or whatever but you get a picture a multiple sure. video conference platform yeah. where those three five seven eight nine people it doesn't have to be big they get to firsthand see it and talk about it um more directly and would that maybe generate a little bit of a ripple effect and then john and jennifer will go and say well i bought this coffee also had a chance to talk for 25 minutes with the actual person who handpicked the cherries behind coffee did you know that coffee beans comes from cherries and then it may start i think we could take advantage of technology that's what i'm trying to say
0: Yeah, look, I I definitely agree. There's some some great opportunities there for that. And, I mean, I think even if it's not at that extreme of of kind of having a live conversation, just, you know, the thing that we've, I feel like we've kind of had this knee-jerk reaction in our coffee service where, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, five to eight years ago, you know, Specialty coffee was having this big boom, and you would walk into a cafe or order a single origin, and they'd do this data dump on you of like, "Well, it was grown at these many meters above sea level. It was processed in this way on raised drying beds for X number of days and turned three times every fifteen minutes for this amount of time." And this is da 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 da, and the consumer is kind of just overwhelmed, and we get kind of a you know the reputation of specialty coffee becomes, "Oh, these coffee wankers." And there isn't the the information isn't delivered with uh, uh, you know a goal to actually engage with the consumer. It's just a an outpouring of of information. Uh, and I think that we've kind of you know our knee jerk reaction from the negative reception to that has been to really retract and not offer very much. It's like ah oh, it's just coffee yeah it's just coffee you know take another cup. But I think that um, we've got this opportunity to connect real humans to real humans and whether it's the live 20-minute conversation or it's just kind of say, recognizing that, yeah, this was from this particular, you know, community or this particular producer um, and this is a little bit about what their life is like and certainly on a digital platform being able to share, um, you know, the people who are involved and have them speak to consumers is a big thing. We, we we've even been trying to do that. Obviously, in COVID, it's kind of been all over the place. But we've um, because we couldn't do kind of cuppings and we couldn't do other events and things. We actually did a couple of series of what we just called our Explorers editions, and we've actually did some live events where we brought in. Um, our last one was uh, featuring some coffees out of Uganda a three set um that we that we released and the crew from uganda actually dialed in so we we did essentially kind of what you're talking about is a live kind of conversation about what harvest was like what 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 is coffee and what is life like in in uganda on mount elgon and um and tried to paint a bit more of a picture around that and i think yeah that's that's key bring bring them to the consumers
1: yeah i think that's fantastic and there's no Right or wrong i think it's just yeah. a matter of trial and error it's like <clears throat> it's the same conversation as okay we're for how many years have we've done the click click grinders and then you know they were kind of phased out i mean i i still see a few around there here and there but mm-hmm. you know the conversation is around the technology and the system and how to improve and what else but think that we haven't done yet this upgrade you know yeah here's the card or Here's a few information if you want to go and search it. I think actively offering this or yep. community-based events or whatever it is, I think it's it's key to sort of truly get an involvement. Because I was talking to Smaya uh, from Rwanda, and she was describing how she works very closely with families there. She was describing how sometimes even her just saying something that she heard or she read of someone mentioning something about that coffee would just make the farmers weak you know yeah. and it could have been simple as hey someone from Melbourne really enjoyed our coffee and you make the farmers weak mm-hmm. you know let alone could be if there's opportunity to do you know what you did with the Uganda producers yeah. it's just incredibly valuable and it's, it brings humanity humanity at its best which is the storytelling and the, the sharing and the Connection, which is really what you know, what coffee is all about.
0: Yeah, and I think that's it. Is that it, there's just that disconnect because of distance. You know, we're drinking a coffee here in Australia. It's 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 hard to kind of visualize and imagine, especially if you've never travelled there. You know what you know Tanzania is like, and what what, what is coffee farming really like? What does it even involve? And so, you know, if you can bridge some of that gap with some well-delivered information and create some empathy, then the idea around a supportive value chain where people go, oh, that like that sounds worthwhile. I'm willing to pay more per cup for that. Uh, then then suddenly we have a chain that starts to be able to support and flow up back to, back to the producers. 100%. I
1: mean, and, and if you look at which... I understand that it's much different but it's when you look at the wine industry right it's like mm. they're very famous the famous bus visits to the the vineyards and you know sure. producers producers are like you know like the present of people even you know, reselling those wines i know it's difficult because we can't just all up on a plane well we can't even go to new south wales now <laughs>
0: so, yeah, yeah let
1: exactly. love to to you know indonesia but it's fascinating to me, speaking of Indonesia now, I always get asked this question often, I don't know why, a lot of my friends ask me if that, you know, if I know Luwak coffee, right? And it's such a tourist thing, right? I think mm-hmm. if digitally we can offer an output, we did a little virtual tour uh, with Miko Justin of a farm in Bali, um, mostly the, where they processed the coffee. And it was so interesting. Because everybody wants to go to origin, but not everyone can go to origin because financials or, you know, if you go a week off, you just want to invest it in a different resort or a different country, Mm -hmm. that's fine. And I think, yeah, the the digital world can bring us a step closer just as much as, you know, I know that everybody hates and demonizes social media or emails, but then Mm -hmm. we sort of kind of take, I like to take 10 steps back and like, okay, would you rather go back at handwritten letters where it takes a month or two or three to get so there, if it gets there. So yeah, I think yeah, it will be interesting. I would love to see more of this, actually thinking about mm-hmm. it. Um, and Andrew yeah. is saying beautiful conversation, just reading the label won't make coffee better. It's a nice idea to take the producer to the consumer and making the bridge happen. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of potential there. And the the the, the real need is in you know, who is interacting with the consumer. So, yes, on a, on a digital and a take-home point of view, we can do this as, as well, like obviously having these kinds of conversations. Um, but then on, on, the other, on the other angle, like all of the baristas who are out there with coffee knowledge and who are interacting in a very human way, one-on-one with a consumer or the floor staff um, who are serving out that coffee and they are the bridge with that. I mean, if you imagine the role of like Sommiers, um and kind of the wine in the wine world, you know, they're not making any wine there for you. Uh, and yes, you might have been to a vineyard before, but they'll be painting a picture and telling you about the winemaking of these, you know, of these wines from Italy or France or Spain or wherever the wine's from. And your experience, if you've ever had that experience, is is really great you know that that you're you're taken through and you're like oh yeah I'll, I'll pay a couple of extra dollars for that glass because that sounds really interesting and sounds delicious and i like the idea of it and so you'll pay that little bit extra and i think that's where we we could follow suit a bit with cost. you hit
1: the nail uh, you hit the nail i said it in a maybe it was a month ago i can't remember i was talking to but Floor stuff, 100%. I mean, yeah. I, I've been guilty of it. I need mean, to put my hands up where people ask me about a wine or a coffee and my answer would like, oh, yeah, it's really nice. Um,
0: <laughs> so to speak, I really difficult. like it.
1: It's difficult. It's difficult. Though. Would you say that then, back on technology, just because we are in it, um, I also think that that could be a potential tool because you can't physically visit every single coffee shop and get everybody onto attention. But sure. If there was a sort of whether it's a portal, whether it's a platform, whether it's some a private Zoom with you know only your you know a certain roasters, wholesale customers who are able to jump on and once a month it's a big catch up or whatever where you have yourself or Adrian or whoever it is to mm. talk about maybe just one producer for, for, for yeah. that month. It's it's interesting. I'm hoping to see. I'm curious to see what's going to be next from everyone's side because, yep. uh, you know, the sustainability of it is definitely, yeah, it's a, it's a big topic. Uh,
0: it's it a big is, topic.
1: yeah. Um, but um, speaking of big topics, um, I think that hospitality is far from perfect. Uh, what, If you could change one thing, what would that be?
0: Oh, one thing.
1: Um, well, if you get if you haven't changed changed
0: Well, it's a that. Ho- hospitality is a very broad thing as well. Uh, if I could change one thing. I mean, I guess it's probably in line with what we're talking about here is it you know, obviously hospitality goes across so many different industries, but for coffee, I think if there's anything that you could like snap your fingers and, and make it happen Overnight would be about getting consumers paying more per cup, and obviously they have to still find value in it, and it has to be all all good. But if you could make that change straight away uh, and people weren't just competing and up to a dollar per cup for every coffee or something like that, I think the the ability for that to have a ripple ripple on effect. Um, up through sustainability of cafes, being able to hire good staff and then pay more to roasters who can pay more to producers. I think that's really what could be the biggest lever, but um, yeah. obviously it doesn't happen overnight. You've got to work at that kind of stuff. But yeah. if I could, if, that would be my wish. Well, <laughs>
1: I like this discussion because I think it opens many scenarios. And uh, yeah, I mean, of course it won't happen overnight. And I think that potentially speaking, the might have to be some sort of regulation, I think, that at the end of the day uh, regulations could help because it has in the past, like, different countries have different system measures. Um, something that I found very different coming from Europe is that here in Australia there's no um, a cap on certain type of businesses per streets or per suburbs, uh, when in certain cities in Europe, okay, there's only 10, you know, there's space only for 10 pizza shops within this radius sure. uh, which yeah. is w- then you know you bring down the kind of competition obviously again there's no perfect world yeah. but I-, I wonder if some sort of regulation could help it um, yeah this has been really enlightening and really uh, cool to have you on and I'm glad that we could make so thank you again I really appreciate yeah, my your pleasure. time and uh, maybe we can have a second episode with Adrian together. Maybe doing. <laughs> Maybe yep. you know what? Maybe we could give the voice to maybe a farmer that you guys have been working with for a while and mm-hmm. or interesting story or some release that you're doing, and when you're able to go to the academy um uh, yep. and maybe we could have a live stream where we talk about that story that there yep. you go then let's sounds let's good. make that it happen there like you well. go. We, we talk about it instead of taking action, then we are taking action, <laughs> action. Um, <laughs> and someone's saying. Ben's still going strong. Did one of my first courses with him in 2012, I think.
0: There you go. <laughs> been, yeah. been around, been around. Been around. The...
1: But, but oh. Just the last question. Um, we'll live eight minutes, or eight minutes. Um, what's next for you, and what sort of is your uh, coffee mission? And I know it's a big question, that's why I get some leverage some
0: time. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is a big question. What's next for me? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm just helping Five Senses however I can kind of get through this this particular stage. Um, uh, you know, personally, kind of there were a bunch of projects I was hoping to run another QGrader course later in this year, but uh, that doesn't look like it's going to be happening uh, until easily 2021. Who, who knows what public cuppings are looking like? Um, look, I think... Um, yeah, look I'm just kind of looking forward to helping this this communication, you know, that we've been talking about. Like how do we how do we make sure that we're telling um a story that's that's helps create value and support value for baristas and cafe owners who are who are serving it out, but also is speaking out something that's um that's uh I guess a true representation of of kind of what is happening for producers and and their voice versus um just a romanticizing of of kind of what's happening at origin and, and a generalization of it um you know every place is different uh, and every every kind of person who's behind it is different so i think i'm really just focusing in on that and exploring how we can do that communication in a better way and how we can support that all the way through the chain um yeah and then otherwise kind of just uh We've got some really great coffees that keep coming out, so it's it's really just uh, releasing all of those and yeah, H- hanging on during the weird COVID times. Uh,
1: I know it's uh, I I sometimes like I, I thought about it last night. I was uh, speaking to someone like, and I was making calculation on what time to go and pick up. Uh, you know, I had to work because I couldn't make dinner myself yesterday and. uh I was like oh hang on i need to kind of hurry up because it's a curfew and, and it hit me i was like wow this but then it's like that word that you put it in it's all about perspective because there's some people with proper curfews but they got you know
0: yeah army
1: you know military airplanes literally flying in and it's like you yeah. know that's their that's like their you know like a melbourne's trams but that's what they hear um, every 10, 15, 20 minutes. So I was like, well, it's not that bad. I'm going to pick up some food. I'm pretty yeah. lucky. But yeah, you're right. Look, it's tricky. And I think uh, mental health and for, for people who have the health and the opposite of resources, because obviously there's still people struggling even in Australia, but I think that sure. mental health would be a major element to it. Um, yeah. Something to worth to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, that's a big topic again. But, uh, your your <laughs> challenge, your, your, your challenge around coffee is something that's really something that I know that you and your team will be able to, to to deliver, and I'm sure that I'm gonna see plenty more from you. And I named him a few times because I'm hoping that he will listen to it. I'll message Adrian that he didn't connect. <laughs> and
0: I'm like, hey, where were you? We'll find out. He's he's we'll actually out. Uh, helping out our roastery team during these kind of these crazy times. So he's been he's down. Busy. He's probably asleep right now because he's been doing such early starts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. But, um, ben, it's been a great pleasure and I hope to see you soon in real life, face to face and have a, yeah, uh, share a cup of coffee together. But yeah, thank you again for coming in, mate. I would really
0: appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was great fun.
1: Thank you. And let's do again uh, this for the second you know the 2.0, maybe we'll, we'll organize something with you and Adrian, something to That's think good. about for sure. Love it. Okay, great. <laughs> thank All you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, easy, Ciao. There you have it, guys. Uh, it was such a enlightening um, conversation with uh, Ben. It was really uh, great to hear his insights and feedback on what his thoughts were around, uh, you know, coffee values as well as the Melbourne scene. And uh, yeah, very, very nice talking to him. So I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, If you just tuned in, you'll be able to re-listen to this in the form of podcast in a few days, or you'll be able to ever listen to it onto IGTV. Either or, uh, yeah, I was really, really lucky and I'm grateful that I'm able to speak to people like Ben and, well, Andre is here, and all these amazing people in coffee. their stories and their insights hopefully help um, and that's why we're doing what we're doing so um, just if you're new a love if you just you know reshare this with a friend take a screenshot and you're able to share this so then we can just try to grow this little podcast of ours if no that's okay um, if you're new or old uh, something that I want to share with you live because I'm not sure how many have seen the post but next Sunday this Sunday we're gonna host the first um, global coffee table. Um, what is it? Uh, basically, imagine a table uh, where, you know, a communal table of people and drinking, and sharing a cup of coffee in a cafe, but we're gonna do it on a Google Meet. So it's like Zoom and we'll be all together and we're just gonna introduce each other. It's gonna say your names and where you're from and it's gonna be very chill, very relaxed. Um, and it's just gonna talk about what coffee uh, you're drinking and how you brew it and where you're from. Just to kind of start for the first one. If you're interested in this, um, just um, to register, just go onto to our website, the link is in bio, and uh, add your email address so i will be able to send out the invite for the room and we'll be all together. So I'm looking forward to it. It sounds... Um, yeah, very excited for actually. I've been working on it for a few weeks. Um, I really want to make sure that this global coffee table, uh, brewing all together, uh, becomes a thing, maybe to do every couple of weeks, every month, uh, just to grow the coffee community and family and uh, be there for each other, whether it's you alone at home or whether it's just you hanging out uh, with with other coffee cats. But anyway, that's it. That's it for me. Thanks again to all of you guys. Big shout out who's still here. And... uh, I'll see you on Thursday for the next episode, I believe. No, no, no. Yeah, Thursday, next episode. Otherwise, stay safe and take care.